0: Hey there. Hey Welcome there. to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny, humid. humid Santa Cruz, California, USA, and we have got an action-packed show. I know the first question out of everyone's lips. This ain't Liza. Well, if you were a follower of the show, you would know that Liza, also known as Fearless Leader, is in Pakistan right now. Um, That's
1: why we're all naked right now. Right. Hopefully. For once, we finally can. (laughs) She hasn't
0: been eaten by a llama or anything. um, Not yet. No, it looks like they're having a really, really good time. So um, without further ado, let's get to who is in the studio. As always, running the board, Stumper John. Hey, everybody. And I just want to say, hey, it's
1: September 11th, so... Uh, remember remember but yes. also uh, you know
0: move yeah. forward. So no, thinking exactly. about everyone
1: who lost their lives that day.
0: Yeah. day. It is um it is Sept God. So wait a minute. Twenty one years. It's crazy, isn't it? Isn't that wild? Yeah. Crazy. Good mm-hmm. luck. Anyway, who else do we have in the studio? Matt from Breaking. Breaking the
2: wind. Fresh off my Furby convention. Yeah. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Were you a trash panda or a squirrel, darling? <laughs> well, you'll find out. <laughs> I like the trash no, um, idea. Matt's a regular on the show. We all know him. Breaking Away Motorcycle Adventures and Law Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. Who else do we have in this studio? It's Craig from Pacific Motorcycle Training. Good evening. Oh, good evening. Good radio voice, darling. Um, in the corner, in his usual spot, looking very handsome, also wearing a breaking away motorcycle adventure shirt. Set naked Jim. Yes, I wish I was cool as everybody else. I'm just
3: naked Jim from around the block. <laughs> That's all I am. <laughs> oh, there's nothing uncool but about great you. To be here,
0: and as always, joining us from his villain's lair in. <laughs> deepest Oregonia, (laughs) it's bagel
4: (laughs) greetings
0: (laughs) 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 the smoky
4: smoky pacific northwest yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) what's happening in your neck of the woods bagel i mean are are you on fire darling or have you just Uh, been smoking some very good shit
4: uh well i'm not on fire um but there is a fire that's about 60 miles or so east of here that's a really big one that's getting out of control um mm-hmm. and uh it's uh yeah it's it, it, it we got blanketed in smoke uh for about a day and a half uh until about last night uh when the winds changed You're but uh,
0: well i'll tell you but, yeah. what is out of control is your collection darling nah yeah what do you have to say about that hey no comment (laughs) so um no it's a great show tonight um it's it's never the same when liza's away Mm. is it it really isn't but no um we have got lots to talk about tonight so we better get stuck in god it was a busy day it was lots Um, of people here lots of people here jim opened with me at 11 yes
3: on the nose with a a white box, and good things come in a white box. Yes, they do. Donuts. Lots of good donuts. And unfortunately, Uh for a
0: little while, it was just me and Jim and the
3: donuts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great way to start a Sunday. Oh, I got sugar out, but it is a great way to start a Sunday. Then people showed up, and um, I seem to have spent a lot of time going from station to station saying, do this, do this, do this, do this. Um, We there was a variety of things also. God, there was a lots of interesting things going on. Cheers to the young man who had to do fork seals
3: for showing up early. Yeah, exactly. Because there was another young man that showed up late to do front-end suspension. Right. I think they had two different experiences. They had very... Well, well they, they both kind of sucked, but...
0: Yeah, they did and they didn't. Um, Brendan showed up with his um, V-strom, um, yeah, 650? V-Strom. Yeah, 650. 650 V-Strom, great bike, to do fork seals. Showed up early um, and... You know, he's he's pretty capable. He's come a long way. Brendan showed up at the garage a couple of years ago with a very, very mangled k- little KTM 390. Mm. Um, I remember that, yes. Yeah, and it, the front end was bent like a pretzel. And he said, oh, the insurance has totaled it, and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, let's go on to eBay and see what a whole front end costs, because, you know, these are very popular race bikes. Mm. We found a complete, brand-new front end triple trees, forklift, everything for about 300 bucks. I said, just buy it. Yeah. And then the following week, huh. he arrived again with the bike and the front end. We just switched it out in a day. He rode home. Anyway, he is now on a very leaky deaky um, V-Strum 650. So... Um, he stripped down the front end and just kind of ran out of time. And in fact, there was a little bit of damage on one of the forks. Well, wasn't that the issue, like one of the Yeah, fork kind end? of. He's going to order a new one. So we found a, a used one on eBay that looked in great condition. Was well, somebody jamming a screwdriver yeah, in there? Yeah, and just people do all kinds of janky stuff to them. So we found a good condition one on eBay for like a hundred bucks yeah. with a bent tube, yeah. but we don't need the tube because his tube's great. So we'll we'll do that. And finish off the job next week. Um, and then William showed up with his Super Glide front end and he just pulled the forks out, but he was doing an upgrade mm-hmm. in it and my God, those things were stiff. Is that right? <laughs> oh god, it was like squeezing a brick.
3: Was he able to he had to get like a long Allen wrench to get out Yeah, we made something. The, oh, the was, best tools
0: are the ones you make. So you, do tool. It?
3: so you needed, a, like, what, like a six-inch Allen wrench, No, basically? it wasn't that
0: long. It was about three-inch long. Okay. So I kind of dismantled, yes. Something funny? Something funny? No, now? it was Craig's face. Craig's face. What described? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, it's a guy thing, I think, isn't it? Describing us a foot as three inches. Um, or three inches a foot. Mm. Um, anyway. Now, well, we all got <laughs> quiet. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah. <You're> all <laughs> not me. <The> <laughs> guilty <laughs> consciences talking. The other guy. Um <laughs> Uh-huh. No, but so, uh, I actually good. dismantled um, a driver and uh-huh. just made it long enough that he could absolutely, actually use it and okay. use wrench on it, and that came out great. Cool. And then we resurrected what well, I thought it was a GZ250 that was arriving, and it wasn't. Was that the TU? It was a DU. The that u thing was really cool.
5: A We've a been t- looking u- about, well, for one of those for the school for a long time. They're hard to find.
0: I tell you what, the big plus for me with that bike, Craig, is fuel injected. Yeah no more carburetor nonsense because burn all hmm. the g's. well the g's. GZ- yes yes <laughs> G- the bombs. i have a question because it, it had I think, old gas
3: gas but not terribly terribly old gas so we know what old gas can do to a carburetor what does old gas do to fuel injection same thing you end up with pretty much injectors. the
0: same thing okay you've got to be careful with it um And you've got to be careful what you do. I was kind of lazy with that bike because normally if I get a fuel-injected bike in with really disgusting old gas, you drain Mm. all the gas, you pull all the fuel lines off, you pull the fuel injector off, and then you squirt a load of um, brake cleaner. Mm. And when you take it out, if it's really gummy, because sometimes they look like... Yeah. And they're all covered in gum. You can actually um, get a little square 9-volt battery and jump them and open them, and they'll go click and they'll open. Then you can squirt. Really? Yeah, break cleaner through them.
3: Um, I was curious about that because, like, well, because yeah. it seemed like it, like it was a little star for fuel. Well, the but it was reason a why I was being I
0: lazy because the fuel actually wasn't bad; it had just gone a bit stale. Yeah. So I didn't pull the fuel line off, and we had to get through the fuel that was in the fuel line. So yeah. it took a little bit of starting, yeah, okay. but once it once it was on the fresh, air. Yeah. It was great. Great, what a great bike. But yeah, um no, I mean gz's are solid little bikes, but dear God, those carburettors are woeful on them. Mm. And of course, um I take care of a lot of G Z two fifties for Pacific motorcycle training. You do. And they do have quite hard lives, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to be one. Uh, (laughs) I gotta tell you this, nothing crashes like a gz actually something does crash like a gz 250 a 125 elimination <laughs> <laughs> those bikes crash heavily oh gosh you're not yeah. having a lot of
2: crashes though during training i would hope <laughs> more than you think <laughs> <laughs> well no if you think about it people Just are learning drops, right yeah exactly i mean i, I had a drop
3: through training once. yeah yeah it's yeah. not hard to do
0: I mean, you're still getting used to something that weighs, even the smallest bike is 350 pounds, which is still a lot of weight. And if you've never ridden a bike before and you're still learning the friction zone and everything, the chances are you're going to you're gonna crunch. Yeah. You know? I almost did because I didn't think about putting the
3: kickstand down just because you're like, well, whatever, bicycle, you can hop off. You don't need right. to put the kickstand down.
0: But <laughs> I think it's a testament to those guys that, as many drops as they have, there's very, very few injuries, because I know you make sure people are wearing the right gear, and they're constantly supervised. Because you get people who have literally never moved a motorcycle under their own, it, its own propulsion before,
5: right? Most people, yeah.
0: And, you know, it's, I think it's a testament to how well organized it is um and the strength of your instructors that you don't get more injuries it's just the bikes that gets yeah. smashed up and <laughs> this like just destroyed piece uh, of thing ends up in my workshop and like, like, a, like a, an old it.
5: gladiator we give it to the magician yeah just Man, totally. fix it fix it <laughs> Magic <laughs> happens in that shop. Well, it like, is the uh, magic shop.
0: So anyway, we did the
3: TU, the TU. There was there was other janky repair work that raised its ear, its I ugly know. head today. That uh, Honda was it the five hundred? The
0: oh yes, it got leak, peeing everywhere. Um, and well, number one, the CB, yeah, five hundred was CB five hundred X, and those things are normally quite reliable. Yeah. So when I saw that come in on the back surprised. of the truck, I'm like, oh dear. But that was. Absolutely hurling oil yeah. out from the valve cover gasket. So, um,
3: was it a bad gasket installer? Was well, it too I'm not full of the, oil? Or? I'm
0: not even going to take that chance because to <clears throat> get to the gasket, you've got to dismantle all this friggin' bodywork. Oh, wow. And so I said, look, there's the cost of the gasket, there's the cost of the pucks. And it was like 30 bucks for oh. everything. Just buy the stuff and we'll do it next week. So I sent him on his merry way. Plus it, it had, a, I think, a quart too much oil in it, which doesn't help. <laughs> a so, so the engine's like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Um, well,
1: well, you haven't seen anything that you've seen Emma rip a, a wiring harness out of a vintage Triumph. Oh. <laughs> Jim and I are sitting there, and all of a sudden... At was, the end of the Ugh! day. <laughs>
4: it's like, oh, wow. There goes right. the wiring. <laughs> well,
0: so the 69 Triumph arrived, and the owner's been having multiple electrical problems and just sticking Band-Aid after Band-Aid after Mm Band-Aid on it. The problem is, you're dealing with, number one, a wiring harness that's 55 years old to start with. Mm -hmm. Then on top of that, probably 50 years of extremely janky repairs. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, we need... a. Good. Fa- <laughs> what is that dog doing? What dogs do? What we dog <laughs> we out- no. We've got this little black dog in the studio right now who appears to be digging up <laughs> the
2: rug. <laughs> She's making herself comfortable.
0: Well, the good as she should. Um, Which dog is that? That's Eunice. 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 Bad
1: Eunice. It's breaking away Eunice.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so you've got a fifty-five-year-old wiring harness to start with. And I was explaining this. Was it to you, Jim, or somebody else? About, uh,
3: maybe someone else.
0: It was somebody else. And saying, why are, why are um, Lucas wiring considered so bad? And they did get a bad rap. But the biggest problem with with Lucas electrics, all the connections were mechanical. They were crimped mm. connections. And so they were very susceptible to moisture, very susceptible Is to Is that what corrosion. came on a stock bike? Yes. Okay. Um. And very susceptible f- to vibration. And British bikes <laughs> do vibrate a bit, you know. Oh. So anyway, I said to this fellow, look, we need a good foundation. And you can buy genuine wiring harnesses for this bike, not expensively. Mm. So for 150 bucks, he got this beautiful, spanking new wiring harness, which is going to fit like a glove. And it was right at the end of the day. So I said, look, let's strip the old wiring harness off, cut everything off, and we'll start from scratch next week, and he's oh, got the harness, cool. so it's going to work out really. It's, that's going to clean up really well that bike. Oh, good for him! And that was kind of at the end of the day. Um, and other than that, Raymond showed up. Yes,
3: on something different. Yeah,
0: on his Vespa three hundred. Yes, Great well, color. Was it the a good color. Was a great color. Color, yeah, wasn't it was a gray color. What do no. you? Blood orange
1: had a top case. Yeah, too. like. Yeah, like a blood or a fire yeah. orange. It was it's, no, yeah, it, wasn't, wow. it wasn't fireman. What did you it call it was, like candy like a candy yeah. blood orange?
0: Yeah, it's a little or? bit of pearl in pigeon uh, blood. Yeah. Pigeon. <laughs> blood. <Okay. laughs> Very nice. <laughs> it's a 300 he looked
1: good on it. GTS, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. So um no it yeah, was cheers a, to rain It was cool. a good day. Awesome. And it was far busier.
3: Oh, and you yeah. helped me get the F C one sorted finally. Oh, finally. Uh, yeah, yes. a little stator and you rotators know, five
0: dollar bearing. Mm-hmm. You know, FC1s are peculiar. They, like their cousins, the R1s, they suffer terribly from alternator problems. And it's a variety of problems. It's not just burning out alternators. It's outrigger bearings and everything. We did an alternator on your bike. We
3: did, and the outrigger bearing.
0: But we just did the outrigger bearing because it was getting a little bit howly, wasn't it? It was
3: making a little bit of a noise, and we pulled it out today, and yeah, I think a couple of bearings bearings. were just kind of melted, and then there were some curly cues Ooh. of metal kind of in there as always well. a bad sign yeah, yeah yeah so glad i stopped when i did <laughs>
0: yeah and that's the
3: key so if your bike well, yeah. starts
0: making a peculiar sound
2: it
3: is true though i think if you ride a lot you know all the sounds and any little sound mm-hmm. that you notice different right. it, mm-hmm. it it's worth paying attention to because right. something is changing yep. you know anyway
0: so but yeah thank you for all that. in all it was a great day great we day. did a lot there were tons of people hanging out
3: and traffic iron man was oh here today god iron man traffic. Oh, i don't on.
0: even want to talk about that the traffic was i don't just know how gruesome. i did any of that you must have slipped. good timing yeah. must have i don't even know what an iron man is Seven. I'm looking I, I, at it, baby. I think you he can just flies, look right here. It <laughs> flies around in a red and gold suit. I suppose. <laughs> it's an outdated It'll term. take my pants off. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: anyway.
3: Yeah, Very, busy day. Though, a lot of people. It was fun. Oh, and Ellie sold her bike. So oh, she'll be transitioning yes. into a new motorcycle. She,
0: she
1: hasn't bought
3: anything yet? No. no. She had, Well, she had to sell this one. Yeah. There was the VTX. What do they call yeah. that thing? VTX.
0: Uh, the, it's not a furry. It was the uh, short fork. Interstate? interstate. Interstate. I keep calling it a state line. You call it a furry. Yeah, how's it a furry? No, the furries are the ones with the long forks. Yeah. Honda Furry. Oh, Fury! Fury! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the factory chopper. It's Honda Fury. <laughs> yeah, so she. And you sold would be that. surprised how upset the owners get when you call them that. <laughs> you're <right>. like, oh, <laughs> you got a Honda Fury? Well, especially like, that it's a Fury. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that hard tattooed dude it, from Fresno that bought it, which is pretty oh. funny because you have Ellie who owned it, who was probably a good two feet taller than him.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he 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 was all right. He was stocky. He, oh, yeah, he was stocky. And you know Quite. what? He didn't beat up Ellie at all on the price, yeah. and he was such a nice young man. Yeah. And he, he came all the way from Fresno. Yes. So I said, so, hey, that's a good man, sign. Ne, if you ever find yourself in town, give me a call. I'll give you a service yeah. on the on yeah. the house. Yeah. And it just so happens, his dad lives in Monterey. So oh, cool. I'll give him a service. Yeah. You know? And I think yeah. Ellie,
3: um, which I think is awesome, is looking at a Versus 650, yeah, that's a great which bike will so. serve her. It'll change oh, her whole cool. life. Yeah, right. From that huge cruiser to
0: right absolutely um so that is our day a brilliant day um i want to do a ride report and it's going to be a good ride report but a couple of items of news i would like it's the news. <laughs> 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 yeah. um the queen died yeah wow yeah the queen is dead God long live save the king king charles the third Mm. And it's funny, a lot of people have been asking me about it. Saying, Isn't there oh, a Six Pistols song about all this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, Johnny Rotten, he was actually quite gracious. He was. He had, but, <sighs> no, I was actually quite unnerved by it, and not least because the Queen has always been there. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was already an established monarch when I rolled off the production line in mm-hmm. 1962. Mm-hmm. She's already been on the throne for 10 years, so she's always been there. And she's on the money and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you unbelt un- a five-pound note, there's the queen looking back at you. And she looks great. No. Well, she did. <laughs> <laughs> not, not at the moment. But. <laughs> not at the moment. But so, um, yes. And she was a motorcyclist. She loved just True. engines. She just loved engines. Anything to do. She loved her jags. Mm. In fact, it's a very, very brief story. So um, I think about... Ten, maybe fifteen years ago, I'd blown up one of my Jags, and mm. I was looking for a new one. And I'd, I'd, I've always had Black XJs, so I thought, look, I'm, I had an '84 Black XJ6. I'll look for another one. And it was around August, and of course, Mecom were having the auctions mm. down in Monterey, and everyone think the Monterey auctions during Car Week are very, very high-end stuff. They have a bit of everything yeah it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting and lo and behold there was a black xj6 and i looked oh and i thought that is in very very nice con- i'm gonna bid on that and i thought you know i don't mind spending you know i'll spend 10 grand on it because it's you know i'll get so many years use out of it so i started bidding on this thing <laughs> and it went to five grand six grand seven grand, eight grand ten grand who are you bidding against oh just random people okay. i'm waiting and for it, the queen to come in this. It, well <laughs> and then it went to 15 then it went to 20 then Ooh. it went to 30 40 50 and i'm like this is just a jag xj6 what the hell so i open up the brochure and there's a picture of the friggin queen driving it no. it was <laughs> one of her personal cars oh my God. Oh, and wow. in the end it changed hands for like 60 grand wow six thousand dollar <laughs> car worth ten times as much because it was part of the queen's fleet so wow. you didn't buy it does no. it have secret
3: buttons, like a button you can push and launch well, somebody out of the seat? And all that presumably
0: kind of stuff? so. I, I think there was a special button on the dash so she could summon James Bond. Yes, so it's the, the JB button. The button you press led. the J, and James Bond just magically appears. I says, heard it. Can I can I, I can I help your Majesty? <laughs> I
1: heard a story. I think it was on Bill Maher and uh, talking about the Queen and house. Recently, she had a visit from the King of uh, Saudi Arabia. And she tells the king they're out in their property in Scotland and she says, Let's go let's go for a ride. So they walk out to the Land Cruiser, the old school Land Cruiser that she had, and she jumps in the driver's seat and like, you know, eighty seven years old. And the king is like, Oh my god, and just like ran him through the fields on this uh, this four x four and she well, loved her cars,
0: man. She was yeah. she was badass. Yeah, and held a motorcycle wow. license, yeah. largely from the second world war. But yes, anyway, sleep. she was a mechanic in the second world war. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah, truck mechanic. Um motorbike news though because mm. we are a motorbike podcast, Honda have reintroduced the trans I know. Yes! Wow. Now, wow. Super cool. For those who are slightly younger and don't know what a trans Alp is, um, it started off life as a 600 V-Twin. In fact, we did a history haul on the Africa yeah. Twins um, only a couple of weeks ago. And the Transalp was kind of like a mini-sized Africa Twin. It was an odd bike. It was an adventure bike before the term was coined. And it was right around the early 80s and very much loved by all its owners and never really sold particularly well. Well, anyway, Honda have reintroduced it and, God, it looks good. Oh, yeah. I love the look of bike. the original one, too. Yeah, and you know who they're after, don't you? Ten seven hundred. yeah yeah, totally Mm. yeah it's an absolute Mm. head to head with a tenere 700 and knowing how well the africa twin has sold because the africa twin and the the super 10 are every inch competitor even though the africa twin is considerably cheaper um I think Honda are on to an absolute winner with this. Oh,
3: yeah. Well, I mean, the 710 Ray is great. You sit on it, it feels nimble. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great market, too, because, you know, the, the big adventure bikes are big and heavy. Right. Um, you know, and 1,000 1, cc's is a lot. I mean, 750 right. is plenty of power for all that. Yeah, I think it's a great market, cool bike. I would totally consider one.
0: So, I mean, traditionally, unfortunately, in America, we always get things last. So fingers crossed. Number one, we'll get it. I think it'd be a huge mistake on Honda's part if we don't get it. But you know it's going to be launched. In is Europe it six hundred or seven hundred and fifty? No, I oh, think. It, okay, I think actually it's seven hundred. Oh, I think it's a aim. Seven fifty. It is yeah. seven fifty. What is that engine in? Anything else? No, it's That's his a his unique engine for that. Yep. Wow. Um, so it is aim square. How small can you go with the Africa Twin? Eleven hundred.
2: Eleven hundred. That's yeah. as low. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's it's you know, it's an adventure bike for people who want that bridge between I don't know, would you call your four fifty an adventure bike, Jim? No. no? No. No, no. I mean, the, the you, rally raid was. The rally raid was, you
3: know, it had a windshield, um, it could do highway speeds, just um, yeah. But yep. it was, you know Well it would do 70, 75 miles. I mean an the hour, rally was yeah. like
0: a two thirty. <laughs>
3: it was a 250 250 but yeah it was for and, and then
0: it, there was kind of nothing until right. the africa DRZ. twin
1: well the drz it's still being produced
0: as no i mean we're talking hondas bikes. oh
3: yeah yeah
1: yeah because the 450 is just pure
3: i mean bikes. there's
0: the cb 500x right but that's not an adventure bike mm-hmm. in america it's not even really in europe it's just you can buy a kit to make it an adventure bike. You can buy the wheels, you can buy the four. Is this
3: 750? Is this a parallel twin also? Yes. So it's just a bigger version of the 500? Yes.
0: Which leads us to the next piece of use, the new Hornet engine, which I suspect is very similar to that um, because I believe that is a parallel twin. And Honda have just announced the, the new Hornet engine 745 cc, and it looks. I mean, it's a multi valve engine, it's making 95 horsepower, which hmm. is stout. Um, the thing is, I've been through this argument before with people who've said, Well, I had an FZ 750 in the 90s that made over 100 horsepower, and that is true. But the problem is, number one, that FZ was a fuel hog. Number two, from an emission standpoint, it was incredibly dirty. And number three, from a noise standpoint, it was very, very loud. And I'm not talking about exhaust noise. I'm talking about mechanical noise. And it simply wouldn't pass modern regulations. And right now, I mean, we're dealing with Euro 4 and Euro 5 noise regs. It's amazing that any engine can pass it. So I think... When you factor all that in, the engines have got to be quiet. They've got to be very, very efficient. They've got to be, um, from an emission standpoint, they've got to be very, very clean. I think the Honda have managed to get 95 horsepower based on those parameters. And I've been told the torque curve's very, very flat. It's supposedly a very, very good engine. Um, Do you know sh- if they're going to offer the DCT with either of these? Probably. I mean, for Honda's futures, the DCT. Right. They're, they're buying into that. Big time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I wouldn't be surprised within the next five or six mm-hmm. years. With a couple of exceptions, on smaller bikes, you're going to have a DCT option on everything. I think really Honda are, are bought into DCT in a big, big way. And from an emissions standpoint, because theoretically you're always in the right gear, you know, it gives you a little bit more push and a bit little bit more leeway with emissions. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, watch this space. Yeah. And that's it for the news. D- 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 d-
3: hey, what? didn't McCarthy mention something about a new Honda Hawk? Hawk 1100?
0: Well, yeah. So Mike... A sweet little fairing on the front. So Mike is in the market um, for a new bike. And he wants a large sport tourer, just as you did, Jim. Yeah. But he doesn't particularly want the Suzuki. Not for any reason that... He just wants something different. He's been looking at Versys thousands, which is a great bike, and Ninja one thousands. That's a great bike, but he really likes this Hawk eleven hundred.
3: It's a great looking bike. It kind is kind of a, retroy, you know.
0: It's a superb oh, looking
5: machine. Wow, it's almost got an MV Agusta front. It's fairing.
0: It's got that feel to it. But right now, I don't think it's being sold in America. Not in America, yeah. and it's not being sold with luggage. <clears throat> So, you know, it might be a long shot. As I say, we always seem to get the last of everything, which is always surprising to me because we're such a big market. But there it is. You know, so. Good news report. Bring the uh, Hawk 11 to us. Please. With luggage. All the things. Um, But hey, how about this? On to the main event. Ride report. Big ride report. dun dun da, da, da. So this week's ride report is uh, brought by the dog. By the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was by, unus by unus rough out there. No, look at you, pupper. So um, the ride report, well, I'm going to pass it over, I guess, to you, John. Right on. Um, Yeah, tell us all
1: about it. So about, uh, what well, has it been, about three weeks now. Um, it took a while for us to get everybody together. We, uh, Matt... And I um, hosted a trip up to Mendocino National Forest in kind of northern California, north of Clear Lake. We've talked about this in the past, but when you say Mendocino, it's not the coast. This is an inland. Um, it's an inland place, and uh, but uniquely, it goes from essentially sea level up to five, 000, six thousand feet. So it's a huge variation of elevation and. Kind of flora and fauna based on that. So there was a group of let's see, the four of us plus two more, eight of us total. Yeah, that went up, and uh, yeah, we dry, It was dry camping and uh,
0: dry humping. Well, that was that happened on too. on Jim's thing. Okay. That was day two. So what That's were you riding? So we're going to go through each of you. What were you riding, John? The mighty KLR. What were you riding, Matt? Uh, GS twelve hundred. What were you riding, Jim? Africa twenty. And what were you riding, Craig? A Husky FE501. Good bikes! <laughs> the trip was
2: mainly for adventure bikes, but uh, we Craig is the They is made the an exception. Yeah, Craig the is the
1: only person I know that can load a bike in the back of a truck that's lifted and not have to use a step. Mm-mm. It is absolutely amazing. He's very tall. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah, he got to come because he had the truck, so we
3: could load like thirty gallons of water <laughs> into the truck before we headed up there. Thank you for we that. That get,
2: was awesome. a good use out of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but overall, it was it was an adventure. It was adventure motorcycle trip where we all load up all of our luggage on the bikes, bring it all out, including you know firewood and water normally. But whenever there's a guy with the pickup, then we kind of yeah. give him all the hard shit at the grocery store. That's right. It was a
3: cool start though, too, man. We we met up at the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, right, a nice little to start trip, little
2: yeah. windy trip up through um, up through the Lake uh, Napa areas. Got yeah. a little some wine country, Like the Wine
3: yeah. Trail. We only like the Silverado Trail or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but that's I was right. Like going like just starting the day, going over the Golden Gate Bridge. You're like, ah, oh, it's definitely a feeling of adventure, and it was cool meeting those other people and leaving from there. But yeah, wine country was beautiful. Yeah, it I don't was go through there much. Area. Yeah, it was yep. cool.
2: Cool roads. A little tricky too, because you can get really stuck in a lot of traffic going through wine country. Mm. Yeah, Hopland. Lunch in Hopland. That was nice. A nice
5: little. Oh yeah, what a cute town that yeah. was. Yeah, never yeah. been there before.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh World yeah. World famous sausage. Hopland. Yeah, that's uh, Garberville Way, isn't it? Mm. Sort of on that little stretch of one hundred and one. It's yeah. on the
2: stretch of one hundred and one that uh, that drops you down to like thirty five miles an hour. There's uh, some restaurants and shops right off the highway there.
0: I remember that neck of the woods quite well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
1: we went up, we drove through Covello, which is interesting because it's uh, an Indian reservation. And uh, usually we stop there
0: for for gas and such.
3: It's kind of like the last chance for stuff. Like, yeah, water, which was awesome. But yeah.
0: So this is going to be interesting, um, really, for our European listeners. So how does one know that you're on an Indian reservation?
1: Uh, well, there's signs everywhere.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> casino. But other than the
2: signs that are <laughs> kind, of, kind of vague, you really don't know. I mean, it's well, what a, I'll well, say is,
3: if you when you go into the there's a couple there's two convenience stores. One's a little smaller. When I mean, you go to the bigger one, that's next to the casino, um, and you go in there, everyone that works in there looks distinctly Native American. Right. So right. you you kind of piece it together. There's there's like like you said, there's signs you can kind of see. There's little hints. Um, but you do kind of see it in some of the people around there.
2: Generally, everybody that's looking at you doesn't watch you there. Yeah, you're at a you're in an Indian reservation.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That or they're, and they're just those like militant hippies growing weed up in the mountains. <laughs> you
1: just
2: you don't know
3: what's going through their minds.
1: Yeah, that's the trip about that area. Is if you know there's legal grows and then there's illegal grows, and you got to sort of watch. You got to dodge those illegal grows because people can get kind of testy if you go near their uh near well their I, i've
3: seen signs where like when you go to the ranger station where it's like if you see a bear you know do this blah 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 but i've seen them if you come up on an illegal grow you know here's yeah. what you do you know well here's what you do is you don't take out your cell phone so they're like first stop <laughs> second do not take out your cell phone third turn around and go back the way you came but where, where we were it's considered part of the emerald triangle and um so there's a lot of weed growing up mm-hmm. there and like the weeds competing with wine my wine grapes, which is interesting, yeah. but, as, oh, yeah. but nobody's looking for trouble. As long as you stay on marked roads mm-hmm. and all, which you should anyway, it's fine. You know, no one's looking for a problem, but yeah, you don't want to go wander off on that unmarked road that yep. goes up into somewhere. You have no clue for a couple of miles. Well,
2: and there's so many, so many miles of trails up there. Dude, they so just many. go, they go nowhere. People haven't been on them in years. So they're, you know, it could be pretty easy to get an illegal grow up there.
3: Yeah. Craig found some of that stuff. But anyway, it was cool. So it took us well, how, long, how long of a ride? How many hours was it getting up there?
2: Uh, better part of the day. I mean, yeah. maybe four or five hours to get up there, yeah. not including stopping for lunch. And then once once you're through Covello, when you start working your way up uh, up into the elevation up past, uh, I think our camp was at 5,000. Just should, over yeah. 5,000, I think. 55, 55 yeah. something yeah. like that. So nice, cool evening. Cooled off because it was hot down, yeah. down the valley. And the weather, the campsite was great. Beautiful. mosquitoes weren't too, too bad. Uh, we had found this beautiful little spot right off the main road. No people up there. Yeah. Nobody. nobody. It was incredible. <laughs> Maybe two cars
1: passed the entire time. hmm. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the riding. So, you know, you, Craig had a different kind of, he took his dirt bike out and did some stuff that the rest of us didn't do, but what about the riding y'all?
3: It was cool. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it's like a lot of the Sierras, you know, it's a lot of hard pack, it's, it's various hard pack dirt and rocks, you know? Yeah. But I liked it because, you know, the some of it was maintained, some of it not so much. So the variety I thought was pretty good. Um, you know, it's different with the big bikes. Um, yeah. You know, you kind of got to keep things in check a little bit, but at the same time, you know, as you get more comfortable on the big bikes, you know, letting them get loose in the dirt is a lot of fun. You know, get up into third, fourth gear, you know, and you get these big sweepers where you can break the rear end loose and kind of act like you know what you're doing. Ah. So it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, a lot of it was grinding, too, though. It was just like a lot. It was, it was hot in some spots mm-hmm. uh, and washboard. but It was a nice variety. I thought the views were great. Views from the campsite were bomb, you know, across the valley. And then we went down to Lake Pillsbury. Trying to memorize chronologically. but And then just, again, amazing views up from 5,000 feet looking down on this lake, probably.
2: Yeah, I mean, the riding's tricky because it's when you're bringing a group up there with different levels of skills, you don't want to go too hairy right out of the gate. You want to mainly keep most of the main road action to be pretty uh, operable. But it's really easy to get off on some of these side trails, and you'll find... <clears throat> I mean, it's mainly all two track, but you'll mm-hmm. see a creek going through the road, which then gives you some water crossings or mud. And then there's, uh, depending on how well the main, well the tr- tra- trail has been maintained, then there might be a lot of different uh, obstacles that are coming up. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun on those main roads. You can get a lot mm-hmm. of speed going, and then down to the well, technical. Well thinking
0: side. about the group. I mean, you had kind of like a very eclectic. <clears throat> bunch of bikes i mean Mm -hmm. it's not so much rider skill you two are on the monsters john's probably for one of a better term on the tamest of the bunch and you're on an outright race bike and then we had four paying customers on
2: top of that that were on uh, there was a funder wasn't there A another gs a couple gs's yeah a A brand new adventure 650 there was a gs 1200 adventure and a ktm the brand new one, and two KTM's,
0: right? Those are two KTM's. Yeah. How how did yeah. the new KTM's do? Well, <laughs> we got a story about him. <laughs>
2: he did great. So yeah. this was uh, this was um, a couple, and then a friend of theirs. There's three of them that took. They just took the Rawhide course, so they have uh, plenty of riding experience, but no off road, no adventure. So they took the Rawhide course, bought adventure bikes, and this was their first trip out. Um, so, so
0: she's on the she's Pandora. on a six
2: six fifty GS. Okay, her partner was on a twelve hundred GSA, mm-hmm. and then their friend was on what a twelve ninety KTM. Yep. Okay. And um, I think the the guy on the twelve ninety, they're all pretty evenly experienced. The guy on the twelve ninety, I think, was just a tad more on the timid side. Yeah. And we uh, we were going through. Well, it was kind of a big day.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that day, really. Yeah. That, that yeah, whole ride. It was, an epic day.
2: <laughs> it was a big day. Yeah, lots of lessons learned that day. Uh, it went from uh, what was normally supposed to be about a what, 200 mile ride. Mm hmm. Day and what did we end up
1: with that? I did nine hundred the whole weekend, so that that day alone I think was two fifty at least. Yeah, oh, at least yeah. if not up, upwards towards three.
0: And put that into perspective: on the street, you're doing two hundred and fifty mile day. You know, big deal. Yeah, this is all. But gone. in the dirt, yep. that is a
2: big day. And it was hot. It's a, it's a big day. It's a big day. You don't necessarily know where you're going. Friday was a guided ride around roads that John and I had been down. We knew where they ended up. We knew what went through, what didn't go through. Saturday was a little bit more exploration day, where we uh, let our hair down and decided to hit some trails that uh, we weren't so sure about. But the, the funny thing happens is once you once you turn on that Garmin, mm-hmm. um, there's trails and the Garmin recognizes them as trails, but you can't think about it that way because no. that is it mean was a trail at one time. Yes, yes, <laughs> 150 years ago, someone <laughs> made that trail, but uh, you can get down these trails. For, hours and hours and you know, you're only averaging about 40, 50 miles uh, at most, uh, most of the time. Well, it's that one much. we were on
1: when we were going five to 10. Five to 10. Yeah. yeah. So
2: it's an amazing how little you can get accomplished when you're on adventure bikes in a big area like Mendocino National Forest. Well, it's easy to get turned around too. Right. Well, I mean, well what happened, so we,
1: we all went all the way to lunch and then we were coming back and some of the roads were a little janky. We wanted to try something different. <laughs> well, before that at lunch. I I told everybody
2: that I was going to take him back on the easy way right? so that we'd get back to camp on time, no issues, because it was the second day and we were all a little on the tired side. And so- And I, it's not a place where you want to get stuck in dark for the most part. Right. No. So I said that, we'd get back on the road, and then we just basically threw that out the window. <laughs> and I let the devil on my shoulder uh, say, hey, let's take this route. And honestly, it was it was a blast. So we, yeah. off this main road- Main road just wasn't as much fun, and uh, Jim, you actually took the, you took that full that full road back. Yeah,
3: I did. Well, me and Craig, uh, me and Craig didn't join you guys. We kind of did our own thing that day, um, and then I thought I could go down meet you guys in whatever town that was down there. But it went from a beautiful, like, 73 degrees up at 5,000 feet to, like, fucking 105. (laughs) Exactly. So I just happened to run into (laughs) you guys down there, and they're like, you guys are going for tacos. And I'm like, no, dude, I got to go back up in elevation ASAP. But I thought I was going to be able to loop back around to get back and hook back up with Craig, but I couldn't. So I did, I just took that one because th- because it was getting late, and I'm like, I just want to haul ass back. So yeah, I took that one main road the whole right. way back.
2: And then we ch- we were on that same main road, and then also saw another trail. Like, wow, well, maybe this will go through. And so we were on there for a good three hours, yep. I'd say. Well, and yeah. you started messaging me, hey, we'll be back like
3: around five or six. And me and Craig are like, all well, right, so, cool. So we get yeah. down. It's,
2: it's, it's a lot of switchbacks. We finally get down to the bottom. There's three creek crossings, yep. all yep. manageable, but still on big bikes. And if you're uncomfortable with it, it can be tough. Like I've been with you guys that when we were near um, Lake Tahoe. And mm. there was, that was a big creek crossing yeah. that I went down on my adventure bike. This one was much easier. So we had no problem getting across them. We started going back up the other side of the mountain. And then and we And as just, the crow
1: flies, we were like uh, three or four miles from camp, right? Right. Crazy. Right. But we just couldn't quite get our bikes <laughs> up <laughs> over
2: that last hill. And oh, uh, uh, so we literally turned around yeah. at uh after four, right? Yeah, um,
1: it was late. Three, four. It was it was it was it was one of those times, yeah. And Matt and I started to freak out because we we're like, we gotta get these people back safe. Right, you know, it's like it's the Safe, tension's starting to rise. Peace, yeah. you know, everything's running
2: through my brain
1: in terms yeah. of uh,
2: <laughs> you know these rides where everything's fun and games until, until it's you have not. lunch, and then after yeah. lunch people start crashing, yeah. and it's just one person goes down, the other people start going start going down, and so we're on our way back, and um, I went down just target fixating on on a ditch, and then yeah, you start getting
3: tired, yeah, and yeah. so
2: and that was right before we were going back over one of these creek crossings. And so, whatever, I'm back on the bike. We're going across, and um, this guy in the 1290, instead of going across the creek, he literally just sends his bike (laughs) down the creek. (laughs) 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 And uh, Uh, it's kind of hard to describe on the podcast, obviously, but there's, um, you know, kind of walls on either side of this creek. And so, you know, the top of his windshield wasn't too far off from where the trail was outside on top of the creek. Mm. So anyway, took uh, one of us on the bike and then two on each side to get the bike out of there. We did not have to get the toe straps out. That's the picture right there. Sorry, uh, y'all can't see everybody (laughs) (laughs) wet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was a little bit of an oh shit moment. But, you know, once we got out of there and we started making it uh, back up across, we ate up some time. And without that happening, we wouldn't have seen the most amazing sunset riding back incredible yeah none of us would have had the experience of seeing the full-on stars in a completely dark sky yeah and also learn what those uh big eared rabbits do when you're right oh, rabbits
1: <laughs> those suicidal rabbits they start oh, chasing the right? shadow and oh you guys didn't get any of those uh, no <laughs> oh they start so they jump in front of shore. you yeah. so, so they you're you're cruising down and these are on the big road so you're doing 30 40 uh. And those guys will just go fly out and they'll start going like right in front of your uh, headlight. That's and they're, they're going back and forth and back and forth. And you're like, oh, shit, I don't Jeez. want to kill this rabbit. I've had turkeys I, do that. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How funny. yeah.
2: But no, the train was great. Um, obviously, the scenery was, was just mm-hmm. epic. Um, I think overall, there was very little issues. One person had two punctured tires, but, um, you know, we have um, he had a inflator with him and yeah. so tubeless he was able to just tubeless. Boom, patch it and no other uh
3: plug it I mean and off he goes. Obviously
2: uh, no injuries, which is great, no other yeah, that's uh, the big one. no other issues. And just a great group. Yeah. Uh really I fun think, group. You know, and fun experiences.
3: Like we ended up in that what was the little town with the store with the cats all over the place that you wouldn't eat the food? Oh that's
2: <laughs> a,
1: uh, by Lake Pillsbury. <laughs> yeah.
2: Literally the only store at Lake Pillsbury to get gas it or like, gas, any though. type of food. And oh, yeah, and they got cats sleeping on the counter right yeah. next to the microwave. Yeah. And, what, and
0: what exactly is wrong with that? I thought it was great. I mean, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, I'm not eating that food. (laughs) There's no mice around there, that's for sure. So, um, as the person with the bike with the dirtiest chops, as it were, what what did you make of this whole thing,
5: Craig? It was incredible. So... On Saturday, I kind of took off and then just headed up into elevation off where there wasn't any trail, just doing some hill climbs just straight on the mountainside and trying to get a little lost, but I always kept um, I kept the GPS going so I knew where the trails were kind of behind me, and it was just amazing. I got up on these vistas and these bluffs overlooking the whole Mendocino Valley, and... It was just an awesome experience. I got to test out because um, it's a recent bike for me, you know, only four or five months I've had it. So still getting acquainted. And I was able to test out weight distribution, kind of gearing on these hill climbs. And it, it was awesome. I, I would definitely go back there. I'd recommend Mendocino National Forest Moto Camping to anyone out well, there. Well, you
0: know, if you've never been to northern California, it is an amazing place. It really is. Once you get north of
2: gosh, Marin prob- at least. Yeah, yeah,
0: Novato. Yep. Once you're north of Novato and north of Marin. And Marin's beautiful in its mm-hmm. in it, it you know a lot of people say Marin County is one of the most beautiful counties in the country. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, I'd put it up there. I mean, it's gorgeous, but, I mean, it's just so crushingly expensive. And you get very interesting people up there basically because of that. But once you actually get away from north of Marin and sort of the whole Cloverdale, Hopland, Willits. Mm. Yeah, Willits. Willits is an interesting little town. Willits, yeah. But it is such countryside is just drop dead gorgeous and the weather patterns are amazing you get four seasons in a day Mm -hmm. um well and so the you know the riding up
2: there is incredible but it's for me it's it's kind of 50 50 you know the experience at the camp and sleeping under the stars and being able to um do all of this off of a motorcycle mm -hmm. um right and sometimes I have a friend with a pickup truck too, but, <laughs> right? But I mean, that's really you know, if you're if you're working nine to five in the city and you you make it out camping like once a year with you know mm. your family, or your friends, that's not quite what this is. No, yeah. know, this is you're you, are, you are yeah, so, not I mean, a, Well, here's something. This, this is we're...
0: well, I was gonna say this is your pitch, Matt. This is your job. This is who you are and what you do. So, sell us on a breaking away motorcycle adventure.
2: Well, I think that's part of it is the is is the experience that you're getting out of it is not a normal campground experience. We're generally going to find somewhere dispersed or really off the beaten path where it's going to be a bit of dry camping and learning how to... Got to poop in a hole. Learning how to poop in a hole. Uh, but, you know, if, if pooping in a hole is like the worst of your problems, then <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a pretty good weekend. So, you know, it's very remote. There's not many people around. You're with like-minded individuals and, you know, I've done a dozen of these events and you're meeting new people every single time. And I couldn't tell you a single trip where I was like, yeah, I, I couldn't stand it because of this one guy or this right, rep- right, right. clashing personality. It's yep. never like that. And so mm-hmm. it's it's really taken a lot of people that are fish out of water that spend most of their time riding around the cities and on pavement and getting them out in the middle of nowhere and getting some experience on big adventure so bikes. So
0: let's say Miss Emma – decided to sign up for a breaking-away motorcycle Ooh, adventure. I like that idea. Well, no, just hold on now. So my idea of camping... You camp- can ride my KLR if you want. My idea of camping is while staying at the Hilton to call down for room service. <laughs> so, can you send the champers and caviar up to the penthouse suite, please?
2: No, but if you're nice to Hotshot, he might bring some champagne to the campsite for you.
0: Right, right, right. So, I mean, I'm going I'm going to be sleeping on the ground.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Nah, but then it's all... So you know how it is as a motorcyclist. It's yes. all about the gear. Right. Right? You're always upgrading your gear. It's the same thing with camping. Yep. It's just another aspect of gear that you kind of roll into. I know, into
0: and it. I mean, you offer lessons in how to dig a hole and poop in it.
2: And all those things. Visual aids and everything. <laughs> yes. with, with arrows, yes. <laughs> I'm going to give no, you a demonstration. A, yes, demonstrations. Sort of uh, around. No, yeah, but there's, you know, I mean besides tips on where to get started with the right types right. of gear and how to get started on this thing on these things, I have that all on on my website, breakingawaytrips.com. But also, um, overall, we kind of shelter you through the entire process. Right. Well,
3: I think what it seemed to do for people, it's people looking for community, <laughs> dogs digging up the ocean. <laughs> but it's like... Not just um, licking her ass. Yeah, I would too if I could. Um, but it's people looking for community, right? right. They're new to this, the, to the adventure writing thing, and they're just trying to demystify it, is what it does. And after you spend a couple, two, three nights with a group of people that have done it before, oh, it, it demystifies right. it, right. And then you like, you know, what you're in for. But what I think really spoke to what was it's great about Matt's tours is so the night that they got a little turned around. Me and Craig are back at the campsite. We got a ton of writing in. I want to talk more about the writing he was doing because it was pretty neat. But we're already playing, you know, camp games, we'll call them. Don't ask what that is.
0: No, I'm No, I already saw the pictures. <laughs> All I know is there are like these
1: snakeskins laying around and I don't know what it's The Jizz
0: Axe.
1: would be my new band name,
3: Jizakz. <laughs> like um but yeah, but me we were already hanging out, having a good time, and you guys, you kept in touch with the Garmin. So I knew that they but you get back, get back till it was dark dark 9:30. Oh yeah, I was Yeah, and I was like That's they have you, to be exhausted. So
0: wait, wait. So even though you're in this kind of cohesive group, you're encouraging people to go off onto their own little groups during yes, the yes day and no. or
2: So good good question. Yes and no. Um this trip I would say is a hybrid but it, it, I think most of these trips end up this way where I'll have a core of people that I've never met that signed up for the group. And then I have Jim and Craig, <laughs> or I have a couple well, of guys that that want to go, and they don't necessarily want to spend all their time with the group. Or like with Craig, he's on a five hundred one. We're all on these big clunky adventure bikes, yeah. so it's not going to make much sense for him to to yeah, follow he's us riding. around. And
3: Craig's a way better writer too. And
2: are, and so. and guys like Jim that want to do a little bit of, with us and a little bit of his own thing yeah. too. So it works out. So like if you're you know if you're signing up for the group, then no, you can't just go off on your own, but um if you're coming along and there's a discussion like hey you're on your own if shit goes down yeah
3: you keep it real that's for
2: sure but also i mean but between that's the nice thing too is the trust is built up real quick like you me um i and john we all have garments we all know exactly Mm -hmm. the gear we do have and don't have there's a lot of extra tools and extra safety equipment and get us out of oh shit moments mm-hmm. so
3: what i thought was awesome about that night so me and craig we actually well, I'll tell you, we invented a game it was called axe pochi so we're using a, an axe and glow sticks as our target so we're throwing the axe to see him get closest to the glow sticks that we throw around in the woods <laughs> and then we realized man these guys are going to come back in dark it's going to be exhausted there's no axes. fucking way oh, i'm so see glad you guys yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no way they're going to see the turn off to where the campsite is right because i know i wouldn't so we we started playing our axe game down on the road, but it was perfect. I don't know what it looked like when you guys came in, but we ended up grabbing the glow sticks and like doing a landing pattern no, it was where perfect the, where the road was
2: at first i thought it was like the police were there and something was fucked up oh shit <laughs> <laughs> but everybody No, that was a good look that was definitely yeah. a good call but yeah. i say that
3: because to say this um when everyone came back i thought they were going to be exhausted and maybe a little pissed and like whatever they were so stoked everyone was like that was great that was so fun yeah. i'm like oh my gosh they had such a good time
2: well and that's the thing it's adventuring it's adventuring, right? Mm-hmm. Think about the last vacation you took with your significant other and you know, all the things that go wrong between the hotels and airports and yeah. just trying to get to the place it's where just you're complicated. going. By the time yeah. you get there, you're exhausted and everything. Yeah. Well, on this kind of trip, this, the same guy that sent his KTM down the ravine, he also had a... Uh, he lost his key to his top box with oh, right, yeah, that's half, so- half of his shit was in the top box. <clears throat> right. And, and you think about something like that and how that would ruin it, most trips. But it ended up being something kind of funny, and then we all joked yeah. around about each night. And he figured it out. We figured it out, and it probably wasn't the end of the world. And mm-hmm. um, Did you all lend him your underpants? Mm-hmm. We were just all naked to make him feel mm-hmm. better oh, about uh, it. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh but
3: I will, I will say once again, always stop and talk to people. So when we were talking to those right. people at the store with the cats, who were lovely, they had a freezer full of Costco food that you could microwave. And chaco tacos. So it was top that's of the. That's all you list. need, oh, right? God, there. I yeah.
0: thought you were going to say they had a freezer full of cat carcasses. Oh, they might. That's probably somewhere else. <laughs> that's, not, that's the no. freezer in the. Yeah, yeah. If it was only cat carcasses, would be surprised.
3: Only. And uh, but we're chatting with him, and Matt had made plans to go swim in the Lake Pillsbury, which sounded cool. And then this dude was like the the guy. He had no shirt. Most everybody's missing teeth. Uh, <laughs> had like some sort of beard. He had a rattlesnake rattle for an earring, and he's yep. probably like late sixties. And and big old, big knife. old knife on his belt. Yeah, there. and nice as could be. And uh, we we're chatting with him, and uh, but he hooked us up after we asked him a little bit with this killer swimming spot on a river that was like two minutes away. Yeah, so stop and talk to people; you get good tips. Right. And that was probably some of
2: the most challenging yeah. riding
3: for the group. May have been getting down to the
2: river. Yeah, just that quarter mile to get down there. But also, that's part of it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's so cliche when we all say a million times a weekend, but it is an adventure. And as much as we plan. Ahead, the different routes and things you can take. I mean, there's a lot of things that yeah. just happen. And but we plunged in the river. Out. Oh, that, that thing was that, epic. It was well worth it. It was epic. So was I mean, the, the
0: the obvious question is this, Matt. Um, you said you had paying customers. So how much would a trip like this cost? And where can people find trips like this? The costs vary.
2: We. um... John and I are on the trips that we're partying for, um, including one coming up here for the Misfits in November. We're going to be offering uh, different tiered levels of service. Right. So, uh, you know, some remote areas. It's hard to get water, hard to get fuel, hard to get food up there. And you're going to provide all that
0: if we need it. Provide those
2: if you need it. If you're you're more of an experienced adventurer and you just want to kind of join along, there's different… Prices for that right. that are very affordable. I always, affordable.
0: I always think for these trips, a good place to be is in the kind of middle ground. Right, and then you can, you know, that there's going to be more expensive <coughs> options. You know, there's going to be cheaper options. So, what would a, a long weekend with breakaway adventures cost? You have to provide your own bike, of course. You got to bring your own bike, your own gear, uh, and depending on what kind of
2: level of food and um, yes. and everything else. So it really depends. I mean, I couldn't give you. Um, one solid price, but if you're looking for kind of the full feed us, fuel us, water us package, yeah. guide us, yes, maybe three four hundred bucks for a week. So I
0: mean, it's it's an affordable. Oh, and if you're getting very
2: accessible, it's it's probably more affordable than it needs to be. Yeah, um, I I try to make it affordable for guys that are not near in retirement that want to do this stuff now while they can. Right. Or people, not just guys, guys yes. and gals.
0: Peoples. Peoples. Well, Peoples. And I should point out, I mean, very much like me, um, we have a lot of people in the motorcycle industry in this room right now. And I think each of us have our own reasons for doing it but it's all based out of love for the sport. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
5: Well, yeah, one of the coolest things about Matt and Breaking Away is one of the clients were, Matt, why do you do this? And he he said, well, I just love to show people cool shit. Yeah. And when it (laughs) comes from that, when that amazing place and like that much heart into it, you can't help but have a good time on Breaking Away tours because it's just pretty much a guaranteed amazing time with amazing people. You're going to get into some shit that you probably wouldn't even Mm -hmm. have thought about Mm -hmm. when you try to plan because you know how sometimes you try to project what a trip's going to be like you might as well throw all that out the window and that's what makes it so special i think
3: and you you know what? oh sorry jim go ahead oh let's get back to to create then the the experience is like matt it's kind of like you know create your own thing because we rode with a group a little bit and then me and craig's like hey we're gonna go a little faster a little more technical so we were able to break away from the group and made our own little adventure and then Craig even took it to another level cuz he was on the dirt bike and but we but once you get back in there you know, And Matt kind of shows you where to be Then you can explore from there And you found some killer trails that were all grown over Like right. you had to kind of pick your way What was that, was that little mountain that we were I I, I chickened out because we weren't together at the time He did the whole loop But I chickened out because it was so grown over It was incredible back there
5: People hadn't been back there And it seemed since like 1850 yeah. uh, It almost gets I a little mean, creepy right It, it gets it real was, creepy Some trails Dude. where
2: the growth is just so high I You can not see any signs yeah. there. Of
5: any well at first when I started I was like Wow I can't wait to tell 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 Matt about this because maybe this would be one he'd want to offer with the adventure tour bikes. And then real quick, it was like, never mind. Yeah, you couldn't even (laughs) see the trail. It was like became almost less than single track. You couldn't even there were it was overgrown. You literally couldn't even see where your tire was going. But that was that was fun for the dirt bikes. But obviously, the big bikes would have had some some issues back there.
0: But I think the point I was trying to make is Matt is a legit motorbike guy. Craig is a legit motorbike guy. I'm a legit motorbike gal, and Jim's got his finger up his nose. (laughs) We're we're each doing what we do based out of love of the sport. Yeah, of course there's money involved. I mean, I need money to keep the doors open. Mm -hmm. You need money to organize these adventures. And Craig needs money to offer the level of training he does, but... That's not the primary motivation. The money keeps things going. What actually makes all of these things great. And funnily enough, I operate Mototown exactly the same as you. I want to show people cool shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the love of being around motorcycles and the people who ride them. Yeah. I think it's the greatest
2: thing. I think the the best the best way to cap that off, it's breakingawaytrips.com, by the way, is... Uh, is trying to find just that streamlined let's join a ride. Mm-hmm. I know how to ride. I have my own stuff. I'm not an expert. I just want to find some cool people to hang out with, maybe mm-hmm. get a few tips, get a little better at it and and see some great areas that they're really just experience trips that just happen to be on motorcycles because that's the best way to do it. so breaking away motor- breaking away motorcycle adventures breaking dot com. Away trips com and we're on Facebook. Breaking Away Motorcycle Adventures. You're on the Book of
0: Faces, Instant Gram. At Breaking Away Trips. Okay. Anywhere else people can find you? Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Craig, how can people find out about Pacific Motorcycle Training? Because you may be listening to this, and you're an experienced motorcyclist. You may be listening to this and thinking, I don't need training, but you may have a sweetie who does. You may have a son or daughter who wants motorcycle training. Let me tell you, it is the best, the greatest gift of all. Christmas gift, birthday gift, couple of days motorcycle training. Fall in love with these things. How do people find out about it? pacific motorcycle training
5: yeah we offer beginner intermediate and advanced classes uh, no matter what your experience is anyone can always benefit from some more training um, at pacific motorcycletraining.com we have four locations san bruno south san francisco livermore and salinas and we offer a wide variety of classes at the multiple locations so come out you get to play with some motorcycles with us pacific motorcycle and
0: as an experienced motorcyclists Can I sign up and do a parade lap of Laguna Seca with you guys? You can. What?
5: You can, yes. (laughs) We we locked in a contract with uh, WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, and uh, we're hopefully going to be able to offer it multiple times this year for the first time ever. So we're hoping to have a spring fling in the spring where we have three days of training at laguna seca the world famous track you get to ride on the track and uh cross that cross that off your bucket list and then hopefully we'll do our summer big event as well the week-long motorcycle extravaganza and uh, we look forward to being out at Laguna Seca. Those guys are always great out there.
0: Well, the last one you did out at Laguna Seca, everybody was happily sitting in a group and you had a surprise guest on a purple and yellow Suzuki, didn't you? That's right, that's <laughs> right. The, <laughs> We're ask, Miss
5: Emma? <laughs> the misfits came through to support us. <laughs> and uh,
0: that and was say it. hello, and it's, it's yes. a great group and <clears throat> everyone was having a good time. So, um, motorbike shit. What do you make of all this bagel? What do do you make of all this? Would you strap a pair of knobbies on a scooter and put a backpack on it and go riding out into the woods? Would you do that? Uh, Yeah, absolutely.
2: The question is, could you get 20 other people to do it?
0: I think you probably Uh, could. Scooter people are quirky. They like stuff (laughs) like that. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the number of people who have a scooter that's capable of riding on trails in the woods is pretty limited but there are probably enough people who are interested. Um, I, I know at least one other person who has one uh, who I just happened to run into it at the scooter rally last uh, the weekend, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I would but, yeah. love to
5: see that. That would be incredible.
0: Oh, you yep. see, you see the Italian off-road scooter rallying. It's it's amazing. That dog that's is trying grass. to dig a hole in the rug again. There must be something mighty nice and smelly underneath it. Oh, um, boy. She gets her frustration out. Yeah, uh, that's well, where the Mormon gold is. <laughs> it is so, um, the seeing
4: stones, <laughs> the seeing stones are down there.
0: So I hate to provide very poor value for our listeners this week, but we are doing a shortened show because, of course, Liza's not here, and it's never the same, darling. Well, um but I think we have time for at least one email. We do. We have one email. Oh, oh yeah. John. Um
1: <clears throat> so this is from Brett. He sent an email. Is it, is it is it Brett, Brett or Brent? Brett. Brett. Brett, Brett Sinclair, Brett. Private Eye. So, uh he sent an email in before, so it's a follow-up to a previous email that, oh, that he had oh. sent to you. So, Says hi Miss Emma. So the first one Oh, it's work. to me. Yes. Oh, that, it, oh, Thanks a lot for answering my question, but I think Oh, I'm sorry. The title of this is Old English Fish and Chips Oil Pressure. <laughs> right. So, thanks for answering uh, my question, but I think the idea of all the woody dolls and various trousers might have clouded your thinking. Perhaps you were seeing sludge <laughs> well, tubes right. everywhere. He's referring to a joke thing that we went through. Yes, before. yes, yes. I understand that there are only five places where oil pressure can leak out of a Bonneville oil system the crank oil seal yes the cam follower feed yes if it has one uh big ends
0: bad op rv or a bad pump yes and i mean that there, there are a variety of places i think the point i was trying to make if you have a a bonneville that's making bad oil pressure you're going to strip it down pull the sludge trap you're gonna. You're never gonna pull cases off. Because here's how. Here's what well, happened. Let, me, let me finish this before oh, we whoa, get too whoa. far into this. So
1: I've I've checked the OPRV, replaced the oil pump, and the crank oil seal. Yes, but the pressure's still low. This has me thinking it must be the big ends. So I was wondering, is it true that that the twins can create their own oil pressure for the big ends from the spinning crank as long as the oil pump is delivering enough volume? Why the hell is the low oil pressure light set for three psi? Why do you think the downside is such with such low oil pressure with well, a big and seize and come out of the
0: crankcases, oh, or never. I just developed some big-end knock.
1: Thanks so much, your humble servant, Brett.
0: Oh, Brett. So um, let's talk about big-end rumbling. So, yeah, I mean, in an ideal situation, a Bonneville should be making fifty, at least 50 PSI of oil pressure, maybe more, always measured above 3,000 RPM. Now, if you read a factory service manual for a Bonneville, they only give one setting. 3000 rpm you set your timing at 3000 rpm full advance you look at your oil pressure at 3000 rpm and it should be about 50 so yeah there are various places where oil can leak out um and the big ends are one of them you if they were that baggy you would hear them you see the the way big ends work you have um aluminum rod bearings with steel caps on the ends and these very very soft metal shells which comprise the big end and it's a white metal on copper on a steel back and i think you would hear them rumble if they were that baggy but they're certainly not going to drop where you would hear them the most is if you're really loading the engine so if you're like at about you know Two three thousand RPM, and you roll it on in a high gear. You'd hear them go, brr, 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 you know. You'd hear that real grumble from the bottom end. Um, I, bottom, was a, I was, I was on
1: grumble from my bottom end. Yeah,
0: day. no, I, I, I heard you <laughs> grumble from your bottom end. I think actually Matt gets the prize. Oh, he does. For, oh, he's, he's God a, Almighty! That was a supreme effort. <laughs> um, His yeah. bottom end's always rumbling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's always a. There's always a couple of schools of thought. I mean, one, you like these engines to be perfect. But also, don't fix what ain't broke. And if you've got a Bonneville that is running well and sounds good and is making good power and is only making 30 PSI oil pressure, just run it. You're not going to suffer from a spectacular failure. And the key is it will give you plenty of warning. That's the thing is with Triumph engines. BSAs were always a bit less forgiving. he said 3 PSI. No, he said the oil pressure is set at 3 PSI. The oil pressure light is set at 3 PSI. Um, And I hope he's just not relying on the light because the the pressure senders themselves can fail. Hmm. So um, I wouldn't worry too much about it, to be honest with you. I really wouldn't. Well, there you go. Um, Brett, hopefully that helped, helped you. Yeah. You know, don't overthink it. If it's making oil pressure, if it sounds good, if it runs good, and when you change the oil, it's not full of metallic, just enjoy it. You know, these – essentially the are very, very simple bikes, and they were built to withstand quite a bit of abuse from ham-fisted English boys and girls. <laughs> so there it is. Tra-la-la. Keep us posted with that one, Brett. Absolutely. Absolutely. So – um. What do you think? Our and ten minute show—it's huh? short, you know? but it's not crushingly. Short. I like. I
3: like the new format. I hear we're sticking with this.
0: <laughs> oh, I think what well, Liza, Liza, well, Liza don't know won't hurt her. Yes. Well, I was going to say <laughs> For <I> another think, <laughs> week, maybe. I it's think bea- Liza's going to have something to say about this, <laughs> but um, we'll face that bridge when we come to it. Bagel, well, is there anything you would like to share, darling?
4: Um, well, uh, well, I guess I, I should share that I my title woes with my CT-70 have been resolved. Oh. Oh, huzzah! Price huzzah. Huzzah. huzzah! Yes. So as, you're as, now as, a motorbike owner, officially. Yes, I am officially a proper motorbike owner.
0: Well, you need to get rid of all those bloody scooters now, don't you?
4: Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. That will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do have plans for the CT seventy. I, I do want to put the CT one ten engine in it and and make it the, the mini trail one ten that never was. I think that's I, splendid. But should and have been.
0: I seem yeah, I sold you that C T one ten, didn't I, many years yes, ago. Yes, you did.
4: Mm. And I, I had I, I, I knew that there was something that I, I could do with that and, and this is it.
0: And the reason that C T one ten had a one-year only 6 volt electronic ignition system that had failed. No parts <laughs> available, no nothing. So it's a perfect candidate for a swap.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I'll find I'll find some, you know, nice new electronic ignition system yes, for it that'll, yes, that'll yes, be yes, nice yes, and reliable. Yes,
0: yes. Well, good job, but, uh, bagel. I am absolutely thrilled, darling. I really yeah, am.
4: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, and also we should also report that that Liza and and the Chicken crew have have safely landed in Pakistan. And they are starting their journey. Yeah, the um, last
0: I saw, they were doing snake handling. What? Yeah, uh, yes, yes, apparently. Yeah, they were doing lion really petting too. Oh my! Yeah, yeah, um, lion petting, they, snake handling, and yes, uh, yeah, wearing of traditional vestments. It yes, is the only the, uh, the, time I have ever seen Liza dressed as a girl, <laughs> ever. That's yes. true. And she and puts went to
4: Pakistan. Yep. Yeah, they went to the uh, the Wagah border ceremony as well.
0: Oh, fantastic! It's a yeah. good
3: time. Is that the one with India where they march yeah. all crazy? Yeah, yep. that's amazing.
4: Yep. With the 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 Ministry of Silly Marks, high kicks, and, <laughs> and all, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, now, this, is, this is a good Monty
0: Python reference. Right this, is a, <laughs> this is a daily ceremony, isn't it? It is.
4: Every, yes, every sign. day. Yeah. Every day.
0: Fantastic. Yep. I love it. I love nutty stuff like that.
4: Yeah. And it looks like they've got a great crew for their trip. So uh, we wish them well, and I hope they, hope they have a fantastic journey.
0: So um, we've got another couple of these shows to fill. Liza is going to be away. Two more weeks. Two more weeks. So send us some emails because we love talking about stuff that you guys come up with. And um, you can
1: send that to RecycleMotorCycleGarage at gmail.com.
0: And if you have any other complaints about um, John's behavior. Phil at ClevelandMoto.com. Yes. Any The complaints department is Phil at ClevelandMoto.com. Um and oh, no. reference Matt's flatulence
1: oh. and when you send that email to Phil. Alright, they're hot
0: shot. <laughs> <laughs> and no. if you want to include if you want to complain about uh, Matt's flatulence, if you want to include a recording of your own, please do so so we can make the comparison. To Phil or to, to No to Phil. Oh yeah. Because I think Phil would be more than happy listening to other people's flatulence <laughs> over the email oh, all no. day every day. <laughs> we love you Phil uh, we love you Uncle Phil so I think that's yes, it so
1: hey thanks to our Patreon subscribers for for continuing to support us and who are
0: easily the finest of humanity in the, world. the
1: finest
0: that humanity yes, has to offer you were all on a pedestal watching the remainder of the human race just go by so keep it up um, because it's the <laughs> Patreon subscribers that keep us going really yep. no Patreon no misfits um, no flatulence Thanks to Matt for being an all round good motorbike guy and doing Thanks all for his- having me. Oh, you're welcome. And remind us once again you work for Law Tigers. Roar! Roar! They're, They're great. great. And um, <laughs> Craig, PacificMotorcycleTraining.com. Thank you all. Yeah, good you're evening. welcome. So um, I think that's it. So uh, this is Emma Darling. This is the furry champion of the world (laughs) This is the
2: Stump of Love Craig Make a gem, son Mmm,
0: bagel And we are out of here